Anima mea dominum, et exultavit spiritus meus, in Deo salutari meo. Quia respectit humilitatem ancile sue, et ceenem ex hoc beata medicent omnes generationes. Quia fecit mici magna qui potens est, et sanctum nomen neus, et misericordiaeus a progenie in progenies, dimensibus eium. Fecit potentiam in brachio suo, dispersit superbos mente cordisu, Deposuit potentes desate, et exaltavit humiles. Esurientes implevit bonis, et divites dimisit inanes. Suscepit Israel puerum sum, recordatus misericordiae sue. Sicut locutus est ad patres nostros, Abraham et semini eus in secula. Gloria patri et filio et spiritui sancto. Sicut erat in principio et nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. Excensium et desideratus earum lapisque angularis, qui facis utraque unum veni salva minem. Quam delimo formasti. Welcome to Notes from Above, the program that explores the intersection of music and faith. And I am your host today, Deacon Tom Lowy. I want to welcome you all. We just heard a beautiful, um, I, 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 I hesitate to call it a performance, but uh, a beautiful uh, um, uh, singing of a prayer, O Rex Gentium, uh, with the, the Magnificat. This is uh, uh, taken from the O Antiphons from the 6th century the voice you heard is our guest today. Our guest today is Paul Rose. And uh, Paul is, um, I guess he's the founder of, of an organization, or a, 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 it's a platform that, that, that we hear on the Internet called singthehours.com, okay? Singthehours.com, which is basically going through louds and vespers every single day, 
Um, there's about 40,000 um, uh, people who subscribe to it. Um, I, I'm one of them. Um, I sing with Paul every day, uh, and I sing the hours of the uh, of the church. And um, Paul's just a remarkable man, and um, I'm not going to go and spend a lot of time talking about him so much as I would just want to introduce you to him, and then we can have our conversation, because um, I think what he's doing is remarkable, and um, uh, I'm hoping that uh, those of you who are listening might be um, uh, might feel that that it's something that you might wish to do as well, and go to singthehours.com uh, and uh, take part in this great prayer of the church. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest today, Paul Rose. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, Deacon Tom. I really appreciate it. Happy yeah. to be here. Good to have you. Good to have you. Uh, you know, I, I let me give you a little background on on how I came to find out about you. We we had a, a guest on on uh, our program not too long ago by the name of Lee Edelman, and he said to me, he said, uh, "Are are you doing sing the hours?" And you know, because he knows that I that I pray the hours, and and I, I said, "No, I, I don't know anything about." It. He says, and he sent me the website, and he says, "You got it. You got to go here. You got to do this," and. Ever since that day that I received that, I have been praying the hours with you. Uh, my wife and I have been singing it along with you for um, uh, ever since, and and it has it's really been an important part of our life. And uh, I want to thank you for that, first of all. But um, why don't we tell the people a little bit about how this all came about? How does Sing the Hours come about? Yeah, so... First of all, for those of you who don't know what the Liturgy of the Hours is, so my ministry publishes the Morning and Evening Prayer Office. They're called offices, which are basically sessions of prayer that the church does every third hour of the day. And Sing the Hours, and it's singthehours.org. Um, you can you can check it out, or on YouTube, youtube.com slash singthehours, or on Spotify, Apple, etc. But basically, the the church traditionally sings when it prays and there's a, a a beautiful connection between song and prayer and every every missile that a priest uses will have you know notes available to sing the mass and all the parts that that the laity do in the mass is also typically sung when it's done in its full you know its full presentation its full form so the liturgy of the hours is a liturgy in the same way that the mass is a liturgy it's the public prayer of the church and most people don't know if 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 you're listening whether you're catholic or protestant or just curious about faith most people don't know that priests make a vow to pray the liturgy of the hours they make a vow along with their vow to never take a wife along with their vow to be obedient to their bishop one of their their seven promises and it's considered one of the main three promises that's binding in canon law that has metrics for are they doing it or are they not doing it? Priests are required to sing or, or recite the Psalms every day, at least five times a day. So that's a, a, a surprising thing to most people. I'm a convert to Catholicism. I didn't know that for the first 10 years that I was Catholic. And even Deacon, so our, our wonderful host, Deacon Tom, they make a, a promise to do morning and evening prayer, so two of the offices every day. That's right. It's, it's an so important it's, part of our life. We we just is like yeah. We look forward to it. It's it's a gift that has been given to us by the church. So uh, it's uh, yeah. But but I, I interrupted you. Uh, no, I, no, it, it, absolutely. It is a fundamental part of the identity of what it means to be clergy, and even more so, if you've ever wondered what makes a monk a monk, a nun a nun, a brother a brother, a sister a sister. Mm-hmm. The the key difference between 
the, the crucial difference between a, a Benedictine and a lay person is that they make at, at, as the core of their spirituality, singing the Psalms in common together, the core of their lives. You know, and I think that's very important. Um, uh, when, when I am singing along with, uh, sing the hours uh, with you, um, I know, I know whether I, I can't see them, I can't hear their voices, but I know that there are thousands and thousands of people who are joining me at that time to do this. It, it's one of the most exciting things that, uh, you know, where it, it makes the church much larger. It truly does. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, so I think, I think that there's, a uh, something that's going on, uh, and I think the internet is, is, uh, assisting in, in sort of growing the church in a different way than probably has ever been anticipated. And, and I think you're on the ground floor of that. Amen. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of those things that's also such a gift for lay people. If, if you're listening, um, uh, if, if you're just joining us, we just discussed how the liturgy of the hours is the, is, is a crucial part of the identity of priests, religious, and deacons. But it also is something that lay people are invited to do and fully participate in, even absent a priest, which is why sisters can be sisters. Imagine a, a, uh, a convent full of nuns. They can sing the Psalms together in full validity, right? They can sing the Liturgy of the Hours together without a priest. And they aren't ordained. They, they aren't, you know, they are, you know, in terms of their evangelical councils, they're, they're sort of lay people. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have the power to, you know, confect the Eucharist, et cetera, et cetera, or, or hear confessions, but anybody can participate in the Liturgy of the Hours and fully participate in the, in the church's official corporate prayer, which is really an association with Christ's prayer. And the Second Vatican Council says that in the Liturgy of the Hours, Christ associates mankind, quote, with his own singing of divine praise. So Christ, there's this mystery where Christ is singing basically an eternal love song in the Psalms to his father, just like his ancestor David, because Christ is in the line of David who wrote the Psalms, right? And we lay people can put on Christ, can participate in Christ's ministry of prayer through praying the Liturgy of the Hours. And we do it as Deacon Tom said, as one, and it, it makes the church feel much bigger, but it also makes the church more intimate. So it, it both expands and then it also settles on the person of Christ. The church becomes one voice, it becomes an individual voice, and the beautiful thing is that that individual voice is Christ. So this is what the Liturgy of the Hours does. It is traditionally sung. It's all music, right? The, the Psalms are what the Liturgy of the Hours content is. It follows a 100, uh, a one month cycle of the one, of the 150 Psalms, give or take. And, um, it's basically all music. Now, the problem is that we live in a post singing culture, I like to say. Uh, most people will sing in the shower or sing along to the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people don't have this, you know, Lord of the Rings experience where they're walking to, to Mordor and singing a nice song <laughs> to each other or, you know, they're, they're singing ballads in Rivendell. Um, if, if you're familiar with Lord of the Rings and if you're not familiar with Lord of the Rings, just imagine, um, how the French, even to this day, uh, will often spontaneously break into song or, or the Irish. And, and that used to be the norm in, in every single experience of life, whether you're, you're tilling the soil or, 
um, making uh, your coffee in the morning. People used to sing as as a ordinary expression of communication. We live in a post singing culture where where music is now something that we consume, yeah, rather yeah. than partic- participate in. It has become much like everything else, swept into the idol of sort of con- consumerism and utilitarianism and functionalism, we receive music as if we were, you know, enthroned. Because think about how music used to be an essential part. It is an essential part of worship. In mm-hmm. fact, if um, if you ask many pagan cultures th- throughout the century, what is worship? It's singing. Sure, sure. And you know, so, and, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping on you, but uh, um, I do want to say no, this. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, this the idea of of singing is something I want I want to go and, and um, uh, talk about a little bit more carefully. But I think that we have to go to our next selection here. And I want to go and say this before we begin: is that uh, Paul he was very careful about choosing this. We're going through. Um, several of the seasons of the church uh, in our program today. We opened with um, uh, a um, O Rex uh, Gentium, which is from, it's one of the O antiphons uh, from Advent. Uh, this next piece is uh, from the from Christmas Tide, and it's called The Troubled Tyrant. And I'll tell you what, what we'll do is we'll play this, okay, and on the other side we'll have a conversation with Paul Rose about this this piece that he has chosen. But we are going to go through Ordinary Time. We're going to go to the Triduum. We're going to go to Eastertide. This is a, a wonderful uh, program for us to go and explore the seasons of the church as well. So let's listen to The the Troubled Tyrant, and then on the other side we'll talk with Paul Rose. The Troubled Tyrant hears with dread That Christ the King of Kings has come to rule the house of Israel and take his place on David's throne. With frantic rage he cries aloud, My rival comes to drive me out. Now go, my guards, take up your swords And make those cradles flow with blood What profit comes from such a sin? What gain for Herod from this crime? In safety Christ is born away, alone among so many slain. Hail flowers of martyrs fresh and young, who at the very dawn of life were crushed by Christ's relentless foe, like budding roses in a gale. O tender lambs of sacrifice, first victims from the flock of Christ, Beneath that altar innocent With palm and crown you freely play To you, Lord Jesus, glory be
virgin mother's newborn son with God the Father ever blessed and the loving spirit ever There we have it. This is the Troubled Tyrant. It's a hymn um, from uh, to be sung uh, on, on um, December the 28th, which is the Feast of the Holy Innocents. Um, a, a lovely piece, and it's a hymn. And maybe, Paul, we should talk about that. Um, uh, in in the, the office that, that we do, uh, we have a series of psalms that we sing, but there are also other structural elements to it, and one of them is the hymn itself. Uh, and that's, uh, um, after the invitatory, it usually moves right into, uh, hymnody. And, and so there are, there are hymns for every single day of the year. Am I correct on that? Yeah, yeah. So the, the hymns found in the Liturgy of the Hours are some of the greatest treasures that the church possesses. And they're actually, they aren't all from the patristic period. This, this hymn was written in the fourth century by, by Prudentius. And so this has been part of the, the liturgy of the hours for 1500 years. This was in Benedict's liturgy of the hours. Wow. This is absolutely uniting our voices with the church throughout pretty much every generation. And it's a very, it obviously was a very, very sad hymn. And it honors the infants that were slain in Bethlehem as Christ escaped to Egypt in in the flight into Egypt and yeah so this hymn takes part in in at at the beginning of Laud's morning prayer which is which immediately follows Psalm 95 which the church sings every day Mm -hmm. and there are hymns that are in the treasury of our music as as a church that um, are assigned for pretty much every occasion of of the liturgical year it's one of the fundamental parts of the of the liturgy of the hours that we open up with um, compositions of the church. So the difference between the psalms and the hymns is that the the church talks about how the hymns are what the church has authored to, to glorify God. And because Christ's body is the church, it's still a participation with Christ praying because, of course, Christ leads us in prayer. It's the Holy Spirit who teaches us to pray, right? Yes. And... Um, that that's one of my favorite hymns of the whole year actually it's just so so spellbinding um and uh like the the, the poetry is second to none that tune is at least a 1200 year old tune so Amazing. like you're not just singing it the way that um not not just the text but also even the tune itself was ancient and what's really lovely as a gift to the church further is that finally after after uh, more than 50 years the church has has released in in July of 2023 a full English translation approved by the Vatican, approved by the ICEL, which is the English Commission for uh, English, um, the International Commission for English Liturgy. There's a hymnal you can buy called the Divine Office Hymnal, which has all of these treasure treasures, all these hymns with the the, the proper Gregorian tune on one side, and then like a more modern tune option on the other. It has it has two tunes for every hymn. And uh, it's a really wonderful resource if you want to... Why don't you give uh, that title again? What, what is that called for people yep. who might so, be interested? So uh, look up the Divine Office Hymnal. It's it's uh, published, um, it was released by the ICEL and approved by the Vatican. And it's actually the first set of hymns, of liturgical hymns, that has ever been released in English 
since the Second Vatican Council. So it really is something I, I, I haven't really met a priest or deacon who knows about it yet, and things take time in the church, but yeah. I really, really would recommend the resource, even for lay people who want to see what real liturgical hymns look and sound like. Um, I, I think it's it's one of the biggest breakthroughs in liturgy in the vernacular since the Second Vatican Council, at least for the English language. And so that that hymn that we just listened to is is the official translation approved by the Vatican, and it's brand new. It's yeah. it's a a wonderful thing to to think about how we're in the middle of this reform, right? The Second Vatican Council was about what sixty years ago now, but and actually we just celebrated the sixty year anniversary. And that's just, that's just a moment in church history, by the way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So these last 60 years, we're still getting texts released Mm -hmm. that, uh, like, it's not like they updated it. I'm sure we all remember those who are Catholic. We, we updated the mass translations in 2010, 11, right? This is different. This is the first, this is, this is, uh, 1.0 for the official hymns found in what's called the Liber Hymnarius for the Liturgy of the Hours. And they're, they're hymns that are also useful in mass. So if you're a music director, and and you want to sing some liturgical hymns that are part of the official prayer of the church, then you could even validly, um, uh, uh, you know, use these mass the, the, these hymns in mass as well. It's, right. it, it's absolutely wonderful. Now, I, I, do, I do want to go and mention something because uh, I'm sure that there are people who are, are listening right now going, well, you know, I, I don't I, I don't read music. I don't understand how it works. You know, it's it seems uh, it's because because as as you said so well, Paul, it's it's not part of our culture. It seems like anymore. But um, now I happen to go on, I, I use YouTube to access uh, uh, Sing the Hours. Uh, I go to singthehours.com and I, I, I watch it. That what happens basically is that all the lyrics are given to you. Uh, if there is a, um, a notation, uh, it will, it, you, you'll see it there. You'll be able to follow it. And over time, the more often you do it, the more familiar you become with it. And then all of a sudden you say, well, I can sing that. The other thing is, is that people say, well, you know, I... You know, I don't know if I can sing in that range. Let's say, you know, Paul, Paul might have a range that might be a little bit higher than yours. And it is higher than mine, by the way, as well. And, but I can sit comfortably a full octave below it and sing the entire melody along with him because of where he pitches himself. Now that seems like a, you know, maybe a little technical, but the fact of the matter is it makes it easy to sing. It does make it easy to sing. And because it's visual, um, because you can see the words, uh, and because you can see the notes on occasion, you can follow this whole wonderful, uh, uh, uh you know, it's, it's an opera for the, for the church. It's just absolutely beautiful. And, uh, I just wanted to mention that because I think it's important for people to know that they can take part in this, uh, even if, if they have very little, uh, education in terms of, of music. And one final brief note. Um, so that, that again was our Christmas tied hymn mm-hmm. where we're going through the liturgical year here. For those of you just joining us, we started with, with Advent. Our next selection will be an ordinary time hymn or an ordinary time selection from the, from the liturgy of the hours. All of these are from the liturgy of the hours. The female vocalist in that, in that prayer was my sister Nina, who often is featured on Sing the Hours and she has an excellent voice. But just like Deacon Tom said, she and I just octave. I sang probably where, where, Deacon Tom is comfortable singing, and then she sang the uh, just an octave above me, and and that's 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 perfectly acceptable to do. So listen to sing the hours. Join myself and my uh, my my co 
my co-prayers, uh, Father Nate Sanders and Nina Rose in singing the Liturgy of the Hours. All right, really good. Now we're going to go and close the first half of Notes from Above with uh, the uh, the Invitatory from uh, the of Ordinary Time. Uh, this is uh, the it's taken directly from Psalm ninety five. Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. You can sing along with this as well. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, this is from Psalm ninety five, the Dominus qui fecit nos. Let's listen to it. Dominus qui fecit nos venite adoremus. Come, let us worship before the Lord, our Maker. Come, let us sing to the Lord and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us worship before the Lord, our Maker. The Lord is God, the mighty God, the great King over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him, the dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Come, let us worship before the Lord, our Maker. Come, then let us bow down and worship, bending the knee before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God and we are his people, the flock he shepherds. Come, let us worship before the Lord, our Maker. Today listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness, when at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me although they had seen all of my works. Come, let us worship before the Lord, our Maker. Forty years I endured that generation. I said there are people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Come, let us worship before the Lord, our Maker. Gloria Patria Filio et Spiritui Sancto. Sicut erat in principio et nunc et semper, 
et in secula seculorum. Amen. Come, let us worship before the Lord, our Maker. Dominum, qui fecit nos, venite adoremus. Christus factum est pro Knows from Above, the program that explores the intersection of music and faith. And I am your host today, Deacon Tom Lowy, and I want to welcome you all for uh, tuning in and listening. Um, we just heard a beautiful, this is a, a very ancient Gregorian chant, uh, and it is uh, taken from um, uh, Lent, Lent, Holy Week. Okay, this is from the Triduum itself. It's called Christus Factus Est. Christ became obedient for us unto death. That's what the lyrics uh, begin with. If you were going to, you know, reinterpret them back into English, but uh, it's sung by um, uh, Paul Rose, who was our guest today. Now, all selections from our, our program are taken from um, a site called SingTheHours.com or SingTheHours.org. It's a website that's dedicated to praying and singing the liturgy of the hours, particularly the the two major daily hours of of the day, of louds and vespers. And uh, this site currently has almost 40,000 subscribers. Uh, Now, Paul Rose, who founded this um, back in 2020, which is right in the middle of COVID, uh, he's been singing and posting uh, these two hours per day, uh, sung both in English and in Latin, and um, you can find them on podcast platforms like you know apple podcast spotify youtube and so on so this is something that you can go and and uh, take part in as well and i want to go and welcome paul back here on uh, notes from above thanks for for being with us today paul thank you deacon tom yeah now you've chosen all of these pieces and we're, we're kind of walking um quickly through the seasons of the year uh but uh, uh this this piece is absolutely gorgeous um this is uh, the Christus Factus S can you tell us a little bit about uh this piece yeah so the the Christus Factus S Christ was obedient even unto death accepting even death death on a cross is one of the most beautiful pieces in the treasury of church music the the catechism of the catholic church says that the most beautiful art the the art surpassing all other art is how it words it 
is the church's sacred music. And that's a huge, very bold claim. Like, you know, I, I've, uh, I went to Florence twice this year because I can't get enough of the, <laughs> the David, Michelangelo's David. Oh yeah. But the, the church has decreed that even more far surpassing Michelangelo's David is the, the selections of music like the one that we just heard in the church's treasury of sacred music. And I, I think that it, it rings true. I mean, there's, there's something so profoundly heavenly and beautiful about that, that Gregorian meditation that we just listened to Christus Factus Est. And, um, just like the invitatory we ended the last segment with Psalm 95, it's very, um, it's very charismatic music, right? It has a lot of sweeping, um, like, uh, it's called melisma when you do multiple notes on the same syllable, like the cruci. That's almost like rhythm and blues, you know, that's like, that's like gospel music, but it's from like the, the fourth century, you know, it's, it's, it's ancient, but it has a lot of similarities with what we consider to be very charismatic music. And there's often people think, oh, you know, Gregorian chant, it's very like rigid and stale. And no, it's the most like epic, dramatic, beautiful, surpassing all other art uh, music that we have and it's because it's the prayer of the church it's not just music for entertainment or consumption it's it's an offering of praise to god and it can be difficult sometimes to sing something like that that took me a long time to, to practice and to learn but um you know it's our sacrifice of praise and that which we give to to god you know it's 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 good that it's difficult it's good that it takes some effort because it's worship and um i i I've, i i always am brought to to tears when I, when I, uh, either participate in singing that during mass or the liturgy of the hours or when I hear it, um, that particular piece is used in the liturgy of the hours and you can participate in the liturgy of the hours by visiting singthehours.org or, uh, youtube.com slash singthehours, Spotify, Apple, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. And, um, what's great about it is that piece actually, um, is in the mass on, uh, Good Friday, uh, Holy Saturday. That's right. They use that in, um, in mass it's it's in the in the official uh mass music and then also it's the responsory for the liturgy of the hours both lo- both morning prayer and evening prayer during the triduum during those days yeah and then the final place it happens is it happens on the feast we return to that antiphon again in mass on the feast feast of the exaltation of the holy cross and this last year i was in september uh, 14 coast september 14th i was That's in the amalfi right. coast and we we had the opportunity to do a a mass in a beautiful church in Amalfi. Wow. And, um, I, I, I was asked to, to sing that, um, you know, during, during the mass and I choked up hardcore. I, I think everyone was crying. It, it's such a moving piece yeah. and it's, it, it's a real treat. I, I'm actually craving a Lent and Triduum because I, I can't wait to be exposed to the heavenly glory of that piece again this year. Yes. Yes. I understand exactly what you're saying. You know, the Triduum is, is a very important time as a deacon. Um, you know, that's when I, when I, I will stand up there and, at the Ambo and sing the Exalted, for instance. Uh, you know, and music plays such an important part, uh, in the, those three, you know, events that occur, you know, it's, it's just like so beautiful. The, the carrying of the Paschal candle and, and, uh, you know, the church in all of her glory, uh, you know, people coming into the church for the first time, baptisms and, uh, it's just everything goes, it's just like, it's a, a time of, of, of great 
celebration, even even though it's you know it's a, a time of of deep grief as well. It's it's an amazing moment, and it's uh, uh, it is our heritage, and and I'm so glad that that you decided to go and do this today. Now I I want to go and say something. You stacked uh, vocals in there. Okay, and explain to explain to me yeah. how how you did that. That's very interesting. Are are you just doubling yourself up? Is that how it works? Yeah. So that particular excerpt, I don't yet have a full choir of people interested in recording this podcast with me. So, um, luckily in high school, I I was a, a fanatic for doing music production. I actually liked to produce electronic music um, when I was a. a uh, a young man, a mm-hmm. younger man. I'm still a very young man. But, of course um, you are. Of course you are. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, back in the back in the day, uh, I, I learned how to how to layer vocals doing multi-tracking. So that actually was all me, but it was about 30 of me layered over singing it again and again. So, so that took me a couple hours to record because I sang it over and over again to get the the full the full effect that uh, that it. That, that it deserves right right and then, and then you have a, a beautiful sort of a halo or a glow that that you put on it as well so that's that's the, by the way the everything that that is done uh on sing the hours is very professionally uh it's very competent you know the, the work that's being done folks i mean you can you will enjoy it just simply by by uh, taking it in but i encourage you to sing along with it because i think that that it will change your life i i in fact i know it'll change your life it changed mine and i i know that it changes the lives of, of people who are, are taking part in it every day uh the can i go ahead yeah please can i make a uh one one last note before we move on sure, to the sure. next segment so um for, for those of you who might have never heard that before, that is what is called when it's done in mass, because that, that, that particular chant happens in both the Liturgy of the Hours and Mass, and it's done during the gradual psalm, during the, the triduum, so those three days. And the gradual psalm is something most people have not heard. It, the, um, our, the, the law of Catholic liturgy specifies that we either are to do the responsorial psalm or the gradual psalm mm-hmm. during Mass after the first reading. And so the gradual psalm is the older Gregorian option, which is allowed in every Mass. And for those days in particular, that's, that's what would replace the responsorial psalm. And I really encourage you to ask your music director this next triduum if, um, if you might do that option because it's, it's absolutely Incredible, and then the next excerpt we're going to listen to, the the Hake Dies, is the gradual psalm for Easter week and Easter Sunday, and it's the This is the day the Lord has made. So both of them take place um, as a substitute, and actually the the older, more original um, uh, usage of the psalm after the first reading. Right, right, and uh, you know, and and I'm guessing that uh, when we uh, listen to the Hague uh, Dies, that that's going to be also in chant form. That's Gregorian, correct? Yes, yes, and and you know, you had mentioned something. I want to go back to this a little bit too. Um, you know, when 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 the vocalist um, or or the choir uh, slips into that melisma, okay, of of a multiplicity of notes on on a single um, uh, vowel, basically. Uh, there is something that happens, I think, uh, for us psychologically. Okay, as we sit there, as we understand the understand the music as it comes into us, uh, and and it it sort of makes time stop. And mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know how to describe it other than that. I mean, just all of a sudden you are you're hanging out there with those beautiful notes as they as they sort of you know uh, 
get captured by the by the ceiling above you and and uh, uh and you're suddenly in this world of uh, of saints and and angels and uh maybe I'm being romanticizing it a bit but uh, but I do think that there that that actually does occur I think you're spot on and we're we're about to listen to the Hague Dies and you'll notice that um it starts with uh Dies and so that just means this is the day mm-hmm. and that's about 20 notes on the two <laughs> on the three words four words this is the day just just the word this Hague. and what's crazy about that is I think it is meant to give us a sense of the eternal because this is the day the, the, the Lord has made. It's the eternal day, right? It's mm-hmm. Sunday. It's the first and last day. It's the new dawn, the new day, the everlasting day of resurrection. And so it, it almost actually gives more theological meaning to have this melisma to, and especially to have the connection that we've been singing it that way for over a thousand years. Yeah. And so you're, you're connecting with the soundtrack of the eternal day that the church has sung unanimously forever. So yeah. definitely for those two days, I strongly recommend that over the responsorial psalm because they're absolutely indispensable. I'm with you. Well, listen, that's a great setup. Why don't we listen to it? This is the Hake Dies. Hake That's uh, actually, um, uh, you're quoting um, uh, Psalm 118, am I right on that? Yeah. Yeah, that's just just beautiful. Maybe we should go and take a look at that for a second and, and see what that is on, on Psalm 118. And I've got my Bible here. I'm opening it up. I'm trying yeah, to find it. Yeah, it. it actually relates to the. I chose I chose this excerpt, and the for those of you who've been with, with us since the top of the hour, yes. we first listened to the Rex Gentium with the Magnificat, which, which happens at Vespers in... Uh, in, in the days, it's the O antiphon in the days before Christmas. And in that particular excerpt, we, we hear about, um, the, the translation was, O king of nations and their desire and cornerstone who makes them one, come and save humankind, which you formed from clay. And the Psalm 118 connection, I love that you mentioned that because Psalm 118 in, uh, in, in the verses about this is the day the Lord has made, we also have the, the the cornerstone right the the stone which the builders rejected yes. has become the cornerstone this is um this is the lord's own work a marvel in our eyes this is the day the lord has made we will rejoice in it and be glad so the cornerstone is christ right yes and the cornerstone when it when it when it lands on earth like a meteor in in the book of daniel the the cornerstone shows up in uh in uh the the dream that Daniel interprets this this terrifying dream that the king has, and in the dream, he says, uh, "This this stone uh, shatters all of the 
the the clay of uh, and and the iron of the kingdoms of men and then fills the whole earth and that stone is Christ that stone is Christ who quote will um set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed or delivered up to another people rather it shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and put an end to them and, and it shall stand forever so that's the meaning of the stone and Christ is this cornerstone rejected by people crucified mm-hmm. right when he when he became obedient to death in the last excerpt and now he's the cornerstone who has created this day and 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 just just like um we have the the days on this rock called earth the new eternal day is on the 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 planet sized rock that has filled the whole earth that is Christ that's created a new heaven and new earth that we participate in in the kingdom of heaven and uh yeah so Psalm 18 I mean that is that is something we sing twice a month right in the liturgy of the hours if you listen to sing the hours go to singthehours.org or youtube.com/singthehours or spotify etc and um on on the podcast uh, we sing the liturgy of the hours and every single lauds on the second and fourth Sunday of, of each, each, um, in, of, of each, uh, office in the four week cycle. Sunday morning, we often sing Psalm 118 because Sunday is a, is a celebration of the eternal day that the Lord has made that we rejoice and are glad in. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful connection between these various parts of the liturgical year that sort of present the mysteries of God in the liturgy of the hours to us. Yeah, yeah. You know, and as you're talking, I'm, I'm actually looking at, at the, uh, uh, at the verse here. Um, I'm going to go start in, uh, and because this is very Eastery. I mean, you know, this is what's, what's happened is, is that, uh, you know, uh, Christ has died, but that Christ has risen from the grave, right? And, uh, and this is what, what the psalm says that I thank you for you have answered me. Well, that's a big one, isn't it? You have been my savior. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done. It is wonderful in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in it and be glad. Lord, grant salvation. Lord, grant good fortune. It's just, just overflowing with this thanksgiving, this, you know, this recognition or realization that, that Christ has come into the world and he has saved us. You have become my salvation. I think it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And yeah, yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad that we're doing this. And I, listen, I, folks, I'm, I'm telling you, you have every opportunity to take part in this work that Paul Rose has been doing. Um, it is something that, uh, is, uh, is beautiful and, uh, very fine and something that is daily. And you can, you can, you know, if you pray daily, which I'm hoping all of you do, this is an opportunity for you. You can, you can take part in it as well. Maybe you can open up your voice and sing. And even if that's not the gift that you have, you can at least go and observe it, see how it's done and, and, uh, uh and take part in, in that, in that way. But the prayer remains the prayer. It's an absolutely gorgeous thing uh, for for uh, for us to do with our lives. Now, now, Paul, I want to go and ask. Let's go and ask this question about about how this began for you. Twenty twenty. That that is in the in the heart of of COVID. Um, what? How did this come about? How did you decide this is what I'm going to do? Yeah, so um, as we discussed before the break, we kind of live in a post singing culture. Prayer should be sung. That's, uh, you know, that's one of the, the fundamental, like, I think that, that the biggest change in the second, not change, but the biggest restoration after the Second Vatican Council is this, is the idea that we need to restore singing in the, re- in the Western Rite. By the time of the Second Vatican Council in 1963, um, most masses had just become low masses. It was very rare that somebody heard, quote unquote, a high mass where everything is sung. 
And the Second Vatican Council, e- even more significant, I think, than than uh, than allowing vernacular, was that they abolished the distinction between a high mass and a low mass. That mm-hmm. doesn't exist in in the current laws. Now, now the current law says sing as much as you can, sing yeah. everything that you possibly can. So that firm distinction no longer exists. And so where sing the hours comes in, I, I I'm in COVID, and I'm I'm feeling the COVID blues, and I want to. Um, I, I was actually told by a by a Catholic counselor, you know, singing helps when you're when you're sad, but also singing prayer will, I think, really transform both your your spiritual and your sort of um, more f- physical symptoms of blues. So I was looking for resources to sing the the liturgy of the hours, and I couldn't really find any online. And so after a couple weeks of sort of being frustrated, I I decided um, in prayer that I had the resources to give that to the world and to help people hear the liturgy of the hours being sung. And it, you know, it started off being, um, not very polished. I just, I was like a, a, a very, very unpolished voice crying out in the wilderness in my early offices. But now we have, we have 400,000 monthly listeners and, um, we, uh, you know, are, are now fully locked into the riches of the church's music. I do everything with proper Gregorian psalm tones. It's mostly in English, although as you've been listening to, we do have some proper latin excerpts as well um and especially when it it uh, is necessary to unfold the full beauty but i i sing all the psalms in in english but with gregorian melody with gregorian chant gregorian tones and um it's something that i think is a a antidote to many of the struggles that we have and not just my struggles during that you know that 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 season of covid but i think all the struggles of the soul can be answered, of course, in prayer, but the Holy Spirit teaches us to pray. And I think that prayer is often misunderstood where prayer becomes a sort of rote conversation with God, where we just sort of um, don't really know what to say. And when we do say things, it's often asking God for things or thanking him for things. But the fundamental nature of prayer should be praise. Mm-hmm. The fundal, fundamental nature of prayer is, is a sacrifice of praise that the baptized are are unlocked to be able to offer in spirit and truth in the Trinity. And that praise is something that um, you will learn if you participate in the Liturgy of the Hours, and it will transform your life. It is absolutely the the key and the gateway. It is the source of all of the graces that, that we receive. And it also, um, the, the Church has talked about for centuries that we as Christians owe God a debt of praise mm-hmm. and we fulfill that debt of praise which is why as we discussed before the break that priests make a solemn vow to do that five times a day priests must in order to exercise their priesthood in fact it, it describes that it's under pain of mortal sin a priest cannot miss one of these sessions of praying the liturgy of the hours of, of praising god because it is part of their identity to offer this prayer to the Trinity. And uh, I, I think it's a, a wonderful opportunity for lay people to immerse themselves in, and, and it will teach you to pray, and you'll find the Holy Spirit in in all of the power of, of uh, you know, the double-edged sword, just That's cleaning right. out um, all of the all of the rock and dust around the diamond in, in your heart, the, the diamond of grace will be polished. It is. It's yeah, polished no, I love through it. I love the prayer it. of the church. Well, we got, yeah. we got, we got about maybe, maybe, maybe uh, 45 seconds here before we come to the close. And, and, uh, but we're going to go and end with the Te Deum, 
uh, Laudamus. Um, and maybe you can give us a real quick setup for it and then yeah. we'll play it. And, and, uh, I, by the way, uh, thank you for being with us today, Paul. And, um, I want to encourage everybody, uh, go to singthehours.org and, and you will be so happy. Go ahead. Uh, set us so, up. Yep. So uh, a quick rundown of the Te Deum. The Te Deum is the, Oh God, we praise you. It is the hymn sung by the church every single morning during the Liturgy of the Hours Matins on feast days and solemnity. So so every time a Gloria is sung in Mass, a Te Deum is sung in the, in the Liturgy of the Hours. Right. And what it is, is it's an ancient prayer. Some some people think that it was written by Ambrose. Some some church fathers say it was given to us by angels. It's an angelic <laughs> hymn. I'm serious. It. It's like, and 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 what's what's beautiful about it is it has such a deep history. Um, just one one very, very brief excerpt. Um, it it uh, is so varied that like, even after the first crusade, when they finally conquered Jerusalem, the Templars threw down their helmets, all got on their knees, thousands and thousands of soldiers, and these knights sang what you're about to say, what, what you're about to hear. They sang it with this, this, you know, epically loud voice. And it is the, it's the battle cry of the church. It is the hymn of thanksgiving. It is the ultimate praise. Oh God, we praise you. So if you want to learn how to pray in praise, Learn the Te Deum. You can hear it on Chants and Rants as a follow-up. My sister channel is Chants and Rants, youtube.com slash at Chants and Rants, and there is a video where you can find the Te Deum in Latin and All English. Right. Listen well, to Sing the Hours, and yep. thank you for, for having me on. Oh, you betcha. Okay, this is the Te Deum. The te Deum. Let's listen to it. Te Deum Laudamus Te Dominum Confitemus Te eternum patrem, omnis terra venerator, tibi omnes angeli, tibi celi et universae potestates, tibi cherubim et seraphim, inges habili voce proclaman. Sanctus, 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 Dominus Deus above, Plenis Uncheli et Terra, Majestatis Gloriae Tue, Te Gloriosus, Apostolorum Chorus, Te Profetarum, Laudabilis Numerus, Te Martyrum Candidatus, Laudate Zercitus, Te Per Orbem Terrarum, Sancta Convitator Ecclesia, Patrem, immense majestatis, venerandum tuum verum, et unicum filium, sanctum quoque, paraclitum spiritum, turex gloriae Christe, tu patri, Sembiternus es filius, tu ad liberandum susceptus hominem, non horuisti virginis uterum, tu de victum mortis aculeo, 
a peruisti credensibus regna celorum. Tu ad exteram Deis etes, in gloria patris, iudex crederis esse venturus, te ergo quesumus tuis famulis suveni, Quos prezioso sanguine redemisti, eterna fac. Cum sanctis tuis in gloria numerari, salvum vac populum tuum domine, et benedicere editatsi tue. Et regeus, et extole illos, usque in eternum.